Hi everyone, welcome to part two of our episode on relationships. I'm Kimmy. I'm Annalise. I'm Brittany. If you haven't already yet, check out part one where we introduce our guest Eric, my partner, and talk about our relationships. In this part of the episode, we're going to be discussing gender roles, who should pay on the first date, what we've learned since being in a relationship, our process of going through a breakup, and the story of how Eric met Brittany and Annalise. So thanks for tuning in. So Britt, I think that's really great that you were the main initiator in your relationship. But that leads me to wonder how gender roles play a part in a relationship, whether that be the forming of one or once you're actually in one. Like the idea of who wears the pants in the relationship. Exactly. I don't know. It's first of all, I don't want to shame people who do think this way, but Mm -hmm. I feel like there is a prevalent expectation that girls Mm -hmm. really like to be chased. Mm -hmm. And um, I will say maybe if the circumstances were different, I would have wanted him to make the first move. Mm -hmm. But we had two months left in school. So I was like. (laughs) (laughs) If this guy's not doing it, like, I gotta, you know, take the reins here. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's really defined how our gender roles have played a role in our relationship. Because I really think it's just, like, based on our personality. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I like to initiate things a lot more. I like Mm -hmm. to be upfront when we have conflict. I like making sure everything's on the same page. Whereas Mm -hmm. he is a little more lax in terms of not thinking that maybe if we have a conflict, we have to solve every single problem. Like, Mm -hmm. it will just kind of play its course. Maybe to some people that would sound negative, like, I'm the one who has to take reign in the relationship and quote-unquote have wear the pants and, like, call the shots. Mm -hmm. But it's not really something I've really attributed to, like, our gender. Like, it's, like, not something I shouldn't be able to do just because I identify as female. Mm-hmm. it's more just, I think, based on our personality. Mm-hmm. When you say gender roles, Kimmy, what are some examples? Like yeah. you, you said like wearing the pants, for example, but I'm uh-huh. not even, we haven't even clarified what that means. And I think mm. that can have a very ambiguous definition. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, to continue the conversation farther, I would be curious to A, clarify what that means and then B, other examples of gender roles. Because they, they do exist, right? You know, but I think that's important before mm-hmm. even having the conversation, right? Uh-huh, exactly. Well, I think gender roles are created by the historical sense of like women are the ones in the house, mm. men are the protectors and the providers. So in that sense, I feel like early on, that can play a role in the relationship with mm. the man paying for everything. And like the woman perhaps mm. being the planner or being the one that coordinates more social gatherings. Mm. Social gatherings. <laughs> so like in that regard, can you speak to anything, Brittany? Do you think Nathan felt an obligation to pay for dates? And did he pay for dates? Or was that even something that was even, that any attention was even paid to? Um, he paid for maybe a few meals within our first date just because... That's just who he is as a person. He even if he's with a group of friends, he'll pay for everyone. He's just that's how he views money, and I think how he attributes like showing he cares. And so, 
Wait, what was the what was the other part of the question? Oh, it was just like the whole money thing. Like if that was something that was ever that you two ever like thought of. like for example with me and Kimmy, our first date we went on a coffee date mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure whether to offer to pay for her coffee. In fact, I didn't initially and then after the fact I was like, "Oh, should I have done that? Would you have preferred if I paid for your coffee?" <laughs> And but so that was like an example of like I didn't know what she expected. It's mm. possible she would have expected and highly preferred or been upset if I didn't at least offer, right? And Can I just say like I hate it when people pay for me for it like makes me feel uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. when I was I was in a long-term relationship in college and a lot of times we split the bill yeah. pretty evenly or it was like you pay for what you got. Uh-huh. But then recent like there was one time last year that I went on a date and I was just so anxious about them paying or offering to pay that I showed up to the place early to order for myself. And then pay oh for my myself. gosh. I think I showed up like five minutes early. It That's was at a wild. coffee place and I showed up five minutes early and I was like, I'm going to find a spot and I'm going to just order and say, oh, I got here early and I ordered and I got at the table. I mean, that's I a just, good way I, to do it. Yeah, like, cause that way you don't have to have like the whole, oh, I'll pay, no, I'll pay, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, after I'm gonna pay it for myself. And then I just got there five minutes early and I paid for my drink and I found a table. It was a really busy coffee shop anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Yeah, so I think that's like a great example, right? Like, even if the gender roles are not actively occurring, it's something we're thinking about, right? And it sounds mm-hmm. like in your case, Annalise, it's something that you were mm-hmm. anxious about, like navigating that conversation, you know? Yeah, because I just feel personally, I feel uncomfortable with people paying for me. I don't know why. Um, even though like, and I just, it was okay. I think like the other thing was like, it was my first time meeting this person I had, we were messaging on a dating app and so we didn't have like an existing relationship at least with my ex we were friends first Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like as uncomfortable or awkward to talk about it was easier to just be like oh i'll pay no no no, i'll split half and then it was i think just like when you go on coffee dates it's more iffy because they're not super expensive depending on where you go like it's not a full Mm -hmm. meal there's no drinks involved it's just a cup of coffee Mm. So I was like, do I really want this person to be paying $3 <laughs> or can I cover $3? Like I can cover $3. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm curious, yeah. would you, so it sounds like, so you don't like people paying for you, Annalise. I'm curious what Jimmy I mean, and Brittany have to say about like mm. how, if you were to go on a coffee date, uh, would you prefer that they pay for, that they pay for your coffee? Would you prefer that they ask to pay for your coffee or would you prefer that something else? And we're speaking specifically coffee, right? Like not yeah. a meal that includes mm-hmm. alcohol where the bill is much higher than a coffee bill. Well, we could do both, you know, like. Oh, like, <laughs> oh I actually. You know, I think this is a question that like, I don't know, at, me as a, as a man, like I feel like your male listeners could be interested in what, wanting to know like That's what. True what you would want because it was a question i didn't know the answer to and mm-hmm. i was like anxious because i was like shit like shit afterwards like should, yeah the whole should idea I of pay? like paying right mm-hmm. you know and so i, I think yeah good, sorry go ahead I, sorry i'm gonna cut in i'm so sorry okay. <laughs> no no wait don't apologize i think for me if it, the date involved something more than the price of a coffee i would be i would appreciate it if the person if like the guy i'm going on a date with will offer to pay and i would either go oh no, 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 I'll cover half. And if they're like really insistent, then I'll be like, oh, then I'll get the next one if it was like a good date. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Versus a guy just straight up asking, yo, can we go halves? You prefer that he 
offer and then put the ball in your court to split it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm again. I'm curious, and I know for a fact you you could have male listeners that are curious as well. Mm-hmm. So you know for a fact. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was in that spot. I've, I've <laughs> talked to my some of my male friends about this, and mm-hmm. most of them just offer to pay, and very often pay. Um, and uh, I have I have female friends who have no who have no issue getting a free meal, you know? In fact, they'll go on Tinder dates to get, like, a free sushi dinner or something like that. Ooh. uh, um, (laughs) Brittany, ooh. (laughs) Ooh, yeah, sounds like a good deal, right? Um, But, yeah, I'm curious what what you would prefer, you know? Yeah, for me, I remember, actually, our first meal meal that we got, he paid, and I remember stealing the receipt because... I don't know. He took the like bill so fast and then just gave it. And I think at that point I was like a little offended. I was like, you're not even going to like ask me if you want to like pay. Like, cause like, yeah, at least I do feel, I understand. Like I feel uncomfortable cause I feel like I like owe them something. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, he just did it without me like even like seeing it. And then all of a sudden he got the check and then I was like, what the heck? And so I remember taking the, um, the receipt and like trying to Venmo him but then he like blocked me (laughs) and so I could never I know (laughs) I know so but in that place like I don't know for me I feel like that's frustrating because that just makes me feel like the person the male is just trying to protect that gender role of like the provider Mm -hmm. and then he's just doing it to like feel good about himself Mm. even if that's at the expense of making me feel uncomfortable but I will say I feel like my view is a little less common where I feel like I don't like not having people pay for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Eric and I went on our first date, basically he went up, ordered coffee first, got back in line to wait for his coffee, and then I went up and ordered. And then afterwards he was like, oh, shoot, should I have paid for you? And I was like, oh, wow, that's first just really honest and candid. Thanks for that. But also. I think in the moment when he didn't offer, I was like, oh, is this a date? But then I was like, of course it's a date. Like he asked me on a date. And afterwards he clarified, like when he asked me, oh, should I have paid? And I was like, no, it's completely fine. Like we could go half. And you know, I'm a scripsy, meaning that like. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. Like since we were in this college town and he knew that I was coming from a school that has feminist values. Like, I would be okay with it. And I think moving Mm -hmm. forward into, like, perhaps other relationships, I would be always fine paying half. But that's Mm -hmm. not to say that all girls are the same way. Like, I think all Mm -hmm. three of us are very liberal in that we are willing to pay our part. But that's not necessarily Mm -hmm. the case for everyone. And on top of that, I feel like something that makes me uncomfortable besides, like, feeling like I owe someone something if they pay for me is that Mm. it's almost like they don't think that I can pay for myself when I feel very Mm. independent and like I've worked for so long, I can afford to pay for my own meal. You don't need to pay for me. It almost feels like insulting (laughs) that like, Mm. you know, like if if you're thinking like historically where back in the day, women didn't make much money at all and the man provided for everything. Like now in modern days, that's not how it is. So why are you paying for me? Because women earn less than men. Oh. 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 
Well, <laughs> see, I was going to say that, like, there, I think there are feminist arguments for not paying, you know, like, women put a lot of, like, time and effort into, into relationships. And also, like, even just literally looking nice for dates, like, they spend mm-hmm. a lot of time preparing, and a lot of men put little effort, you know, and on top of that, it just takes less effort to maintain appearance, like, feminine mm-hmm. products, mm-hmm. they just, like, it's like a tax, Pink right? Tax. Yeah, yeah you know, tax. and so, like, and so, yeah, I think there's there's also a feminist argument for, like, not wanting to pay mm-hmm. as well, you know? But And so that yeah. just, like, complicates the landscape farther, right? But I think mm-hmm. it's interesting, Kimmy, that when I didn't offer to pay, one of the questions that popped into your head was, is this a date? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because right? you, it was clearly a date. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> right, because we had talked about it being a date, but somehow, like, money and the splitting of costs was implicated in this definition of a date, right? You know? Uh-huh. And I think that mm-hmm. just, like, sheds light on this, like... This long mm-hmm. history of gender roles that we're we're still nav- negotiating, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think amongst the three of us, we all preferred if the person we're on a date with will offer to pay first. Mm-hmm. Am I am mm-hmm. I getting that right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Not I think I'm right also. Away. Maybe it's my personality, but like, if the end of the date was nearing, I would be like, I would initiate like, oh, let's just go half. Yeah, so not even like fine. when I say offer, I don't mean like they'll be like, oh, do you want me to cover? But I mean like they'll put down their card first I and see. then and then like they'll and then you can be like, oh, let me, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll be OK with rather it. than being right. Rather than being like, yeah. oh, do you want me to pay? But them to like actually do the initiating of the payment and then to you to be like, oh, wait, no. And then to have like that little. No, it's okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but Britt, didn't you say that when you had this experience, you were offended that the guy didn't ask you and that he did just like swiftly initiate the payment (laughs) i was a little i was just like thrown off because i'm like obviously i know he was doing it from a very caring non-malicious standpoint but i feel like in that instance he was not being considerate of my feelings and my what would make me feel comfortable in the situation when it came to money and so yeah i just Offended in the sense that I was feel it because like, he did it so quickly that it didn't give you time for you to be mm-hmm. like, oh, let me cover half, mm-hmm. rather than yeah. like, do you think it would have been better if he had like not done it so quickly that it gave you an opportunity to, to jump exactly? In and be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I wish he would have done that. I wish he would have given me because at that point it also puts me in the awkward in the awkward position of like, oh, what's your Venmo? Like, oh wait, right. so um, mm-hmm. do you expect me to pay you half? Like that leaves it more ambiguous. Also, for context, um, when Kimmy mentioned Scripsies and all of us are having feminist values, it's because our women, our college is an all-women's college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we've made that clear. Or historically women's college. Yeah, historically women's college. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean from a, oh, what yes. does that mean from a paying on a date's mm-hmm. perspective? Well, it, it means that like, okay, through any schooling, of course, you're indoctrinated, right? And whatever beliefs that the school is going to be projecting. And because our school is a liberal arts school and a school that like emerged during the 20s, like during the 19th Amendment and stuff, there are feminist values that are taught from the beginning. So our values are very feminist and like, yeah, I guess that's what it means. But you're implying that 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 means you would prefer to pay or you would prefer not to... You would, I prefer would prefer not to, to have, the have the option. Having the option, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I guess feminist in the sense that like we want to be included in conversations and have our voices mm-hmm. heard. And these are just mm-hmm. one of the small conversations that we should be included in. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think a lot of men don't have a very keen understanding of what feminism is and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and why that yeah. might... I understand, yeah, because peop- the feminist spin on that, the typical, I think, would be like, oh, women have to pay half or whatever, like, mm-hmm. when that's not necessarily always the case. Yeah. So, as we've mentioned, each of us are currently in or have been in a long-term relationship. So, I was just curious about what are some things you've learned since being in a relationship and especially since graduating. One of the things that I've learned is I think there's been like a transformation in how I view myself. Like, I think before entering into a relationship... I was very like, yeah, I'm an independent woman. (laughs) And then in a sense, I felt like if I was to get into a relationship, a sense of that identity would be lost. In a way, like, of course, that Mm. sort of happens because you're dedicating time to another person. Um, I think I've learned that, like, there are parts of myself that are still dependent, that are, like, still healthy, that I wouldn't necessarily Mm. have thought about earlier. Can you give an example? Yeah, I think like things like when we were back at school, Eric and I, and when I would need to do something or he would need to do something, I would be like super happy to just kind of go along for the ride or like want someone to be there with me when maybe it's a sense of like me seeking that companionship, being extroverted and also a sense of efficiency. Because it's like, okay, let's get in like some of our relationship time right now when I'm like going to the store. <laughs> but I think it's just been really nice to like have someone around and kind of like to be your champion when mm. that's something that you have less outside of a relationship. Um, because even though you have friends, like friends are more, they more prioritize themselves and their family before you. Versus in a relationship, it's kind of like a combination of the three. What about you, Eric? I would say being in a relationship has definitely shown me a lot of ways that my actions or my my lack of actions in some cases uh, have effects on other people, not just my partner. Just mm-hmm. like things like, I don't know, like if I, so for example, if I do my own thing for an entire day and don't check my text messages until like 7 p.m. You know, like Mm -hmm. that doesn't, no one is checking on me if I'm single. But when I'm in a relationship with Kimmy, sometimes she wonders like, is he okay? Or like, did he make it out of bed today or something like that? You know? And so that's an example of me not, just like me not being like immediately present, maybe having an impact on another person or me being very anxious, for example. Because I've been, I've, I don't know, I've had issues with anxiety in the past. Just like if I have a very anxious episode and I don't navigate it well myself, that, mm-hmm. can, that can induce a lot of anxiety and concern in my partner. I definitely think that certain behaviors 
or the the absence of behaviors that I had before being in relationships, once I was in a close relationship with a partner and our lives were like very intertwined, it became more obvious how some of those things can affect another person and uh, mm-hmm. has made me a bit more conscientious about them, even with people outside of my relationship, my even with platonic relationships. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I've like learned some of that. Do you have anything to add, Brittany, or anything to say? Um, yeah, I actually very, I felt similarly to Kimmy in when I thought I was going to enter in a relationship. I thought I would be sacrificing a big part of my independence and my own ability to take care of myself and sustain all my needs by myself. And because that's something I took a lot of pride in is I feel like I was a very self-sustaining person. Mm-hmm. And so being in a relationship and kind of having a partner that does have an effect on my own happiness and my own ability to kind of take care of myself, I feel like I've learned that that's not necessarily a negative thing because how I also choose to navigate those conflicts or those problems that maybe would arise and have a negative effect on my happiness is also like an independent motive for me so in that it's just like my independence kind of navigated in conjunction with someone else and so I don't think I lost that independence I just think I was like reworked into something that just has another factor added into it and also I think it made me really empathetic for people in relationships because mm. <laughs> for most of my college time, I was single. And so I saw other friends in relationships and I would kind of be like, why do you care about that? Like, <laughs> why is this making you upset? And then <laughs> being in a relationship, I'm like, oh my God, I so understand that. Yeah. If I was in their shoes, I would go wild right now. <laughs> And so in that sense, I become more empathetic for other people Mm -hmm. in relationships, but also empathetic for other people in general in terms of how maybe I'll hear other people's conflicts and think, you know Mm -hmm. what, if I were in their shoes, I'm sure I would feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And so Mm I've become a lot less judgmental since having the experience of being in a committed monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like, Eric, you mentioned this, too, about how, like, you only hear one side of the story when people complain to you about, like, having fights. But it's not something that you, like, when you hear it, you're kind of like, oh, okay, whatever, they're arguing again. But then when you're in a relationship, you're like, oh, crap, I get it. (laughs) Especially if it's, like, a recurring theme. Yeah. 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 Because, like, I think sometimes when you listen to other people's relationship problems, you're like, gosh, he always does this or she yeah. always does this, you know? What is and then, wrong with that? <laughs> exactly, right? Or they have some deep flaw. And then when you're in your own relationship, you realize that like, oh, you always do this thing or they always do this thing. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and it's not it, that easy to resolve. <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? You know, there are, it's not just situational, it's not always situational problems. Like people in relationships have recurring themes, you know? Mm-hmm. And I definitely agree with you. Like, ha- being in a relationship gives you more perspective on other people's relationships and, and mm-hmm. helps you understand them and their emotional situation better. I've felt that way, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Annalise, what are some things you've learned um, from your experiences of being in a relationship? So I was in a long-term relationship all throughout college we were dating for about three years and then we broke up about a year ago so right when I moved to Boston and started working around that time and I think looking back something that I really learned 
was we were pretty opposite in terms of our personalities. Like I was at that time a lot more extroverted and he was really introverted. And I think that he helped me mellow out. Like I was extremely extroverted and I was extremely like loud and energetic. And over the course of us dating, I definitely feel like I've gotten calmer. And I don't know if it was just because I was with him and he was a really calm person. But I've become more introverted, more calm. And I've also become better about, like you were saying, Brittany, like having empathy towards people because Mm -hmm. it wasn't so much about my needs and my wants, but his mm-hmm. needs and his wants too. So it's trying to see mm-hmm. things from both perspectives in a relationship. And I think also being more willing to compromise is something that I've learned to do more of and mm-hmm. to be better about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that is something that I've applied to a lot of my friendships that I've now created mm-hmm. post breakup and post college as well. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned that you um, have gone through a breakup, through a pretty serious relationship. I am guess, how was mm-hmm. that experience for you? And maybe what are some things you've learned from that experience? Yes. So I did go through a pretty rough breakup only because we were in a really serious long-term relationship and then we weren't. And I feel like looking back and even like I think like even in the moment I kind of knew like yeah okay this breakup sucks but silver lining the timing of it was pretty good just because we had both graduated we were both starting like a new chapter in our life so Mm. we had things to distract us with and I or at least I did so I hung out like I started a new job so I was focused a lot on that Mm -hmm. I met a lot of great people and Mm. Actually, I think one of my good friends or a couple of my good friends at the time were all going through breakups. So we had that to talk about as well. And so, I mean, breakups aren't easy, obviously, especially your first one. I feel like your first breakup is really tough. At least Mm -hmm. mine was. But to have friends to support me and then to have a job that I could distract myself with that helped as well and again I think just like it was like breakups aren't ideal unless it's you're in like a toxic relationship or something you need to break up but in our mm-hmm. case it wasn't and so to have that breakup but the timing of it of starting a new chapter in your life I feel like the timing worked out of when it happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you also had mentioned um like you and your ex-partner were very opposite so has that turned you off to future relationships where you're like very opposite from your partner like do you think Mm. that opposites can work out I think so yeah I don't think it has turned me off from finding someone who's different from me in terms of like having poor opposite personalities I think that I mean if there's anything that I learned from that relationship it's that you can make it work especially because we we were in a relationship for three years so it was like it clearly Mm -hmm. worked to some degree so I don't think it's turned me off from finding someone who's different from me. Mm. Do you have a question, Eric? Have you been in other relationships? Since or before? Before. I was in uh, one relationship in high school, yeah. It was a short one. It was like a couple months. Because like three years is a long time. Yeah. And 
I imagine that the the length of a relationship and definitely like three like some people are married after three years, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I think a breakup, and this is not to minimize breakups for any other length of time or any other relationship because they're all uniquely difficult. But three years is a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm just curious, like what makes a three year breakup different than like maybe like a a six month breakup or something like that? Yeah. You know, like were you considering life together? You know, Mm -hmm. long term, long term life you know yeah or, um because if that's the case then like a breakup is like wow you know we are mm-hmm. the that's off the table right you know or, or mm-hmm. something else where you're like maybe you're in college and you're unsure like what the future is like like Brittany said like originally her and her boyfriend were it was like the the, the relationship actually had an expiration date right you know mm-hmm. so i feel like that's a totally different situation than like planning the future together right you know and i'm just curious what what that's what that was for you yeah well i mean yes three years is a long time but we're also talking about like three years of college which i feel like is different i feel like dating Mm -hmm. in college can be really different from dating after college because Mm -hmm. after college suddenly feels more serious and real because you're not like in this college bubble Mm -hmm. you know right so yes it Mm -hmm. was three years and that does seem long but i feel like because we were in this college bubble it doesn't feel as long as say three years post-college when mm-hmm. like marriage and engagement are something that's like right. heavily more heavily discussed exactly right you have different priorities mm-hmm. in a college relationship right 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 yeah yeah mm-hmm. and you don't and you don't have to consider certain aspects of the future you can just focus yeah. on like the now right mm, yeah exactly. exactly yeah i feel like relationships yeah. in college are more based off of convenience Versus like mm. post-grad adulthood is more based on choice. Like you actually have to make time to see this person rather than just yeah. seeing them throughout the day at school. Yeah. And it's like, well, do you move in together? Exactly. You, if one person wants to move somewhere else, do you follow? Whereas mm-hmm. in college, it's like not as, it's not something that you, that you have to think about until later on, like senior year or something. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you think mm-hmm. that, that, after graduating and starting lives right and starting mm-hmm. new chapters right do you think that is what really motivated not necessarily the breakup but the kind of conversation that leads to a breakup mm. um and if that's the case do you have any recommendations for people that are in relationships in college do you feel like the sudden separation and the starting of new chapters helped facilitate the breakup i think mm. for Okay, so one advice that I have for people who are dating in college is to appreciate it in the moment. Like, Mm. don't worry about what happens after college because you already have enough on your plate about finding a job, passing Mm -hmm. classes. Like, you don't need to worry about your relationship. Just, like, enjoy it in the moment and make sure you communicate. I think that's something really big is to communicate and make sure both of you are on the same page about where this relationship is going and your expectations. Mm -hmm. And then just, like, enjoy what you have. But to your point about do I think it facilitate or it is that extra push? I do feel like for some people, when they graduate and you go to different locations, like you move to different countries, different states, you have a discussion and it ends up becoming like the factor in the breakup. Mm. Not everyone, obviously, but for some people, that is the case. Right. Mm-hmm. So to wrap up this episode with our guest, Eric. 
I thought it would be fun to share a few of the stories that Annalise and Britt have of their first impression of meeting Eric. So I know I clarified earlier that I'm not a schemer, and what I'm about to say sounds really schemy, but I promise it's not. On, I think, my second or third date with She's Eric, scheming. we went on a walk around our school, and I wanted him to get a chance to meet my roommates, but I didn't want it to be, like, very high pressure. So we were just, like, walking around our school, and I was like, oh, like, do you want to come see my room? Have you ever seen a script storm? And he hadn't. So we all lived in a suite together, so that meant that there was basically six rooms and one living room in one unit. So I, like, opened the unit's door for Eric to meet Annalise and Britt and my other suite mates. Honestly, I don't (laughs) fully remember meeting Eric. Apparently, I have that going on in my life where I just don't remember meeting people (laughs) for the first time. But... um, I do remember like him introducing Eric and I was like, oh, hi, hello. And suddenly I realized my pants were unzipped and I couldn't tell if either of them knew. And if anyone knows me, they know I'm pretty awkward. So for some reason, I thought it was smart or the right decision to bring up that my pants were unzipped. <laughs> so I did and I apologized profusely and I I think I like turn around to zip it up. Is that right? Like, yeah. I <laughs> but it was so honestly, I don't have a first impression of Eric because I was too busy worrying about my pants being unzipped. I think I was Eric. What was your first impression of me? <laughs> I thought you were entertaining. I mean, I did not, in fact, know that your pants were unzipped. Uh, I did after you after clearly, I mentioned uh, it, explained it. Right. Um, but you were very excitable. Uh, you had a lot of energy. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, this is a, you know, your, your friends are a reflection of you in some sense. Mm. And I was like, okay, these are some of Kimmy's friends. Like they sound fun and interesting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Apologize about <Yeah>. my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My first time meeting Eric was kind of unremarkable. I think I just like said hi. But I remember one of my favorite memories with Eric was, so um, we had lived with another friend who was also just starting our same relation uh, relationship around the same time I was. And I remember later on, that friend, her name is Kristen, she had mentioned to me, she's like, I just had this really long conversation with Eric. He just gave me such good tips. He's so insightful. And I remember being so jealous because <laughs> she had gotten his phone number and he had like friended her on Facebook. And I was like, what the heck? He did all this for you. I'm like, I want his phone number. I want his to friend me on Facebook. We're all just like vying for Eric's attention. And I think I had told Kimmy this story like months later after the fact. And then um, that night I got a friend request from Eric. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So to conclude, what are your tips or takeaways from either being in a long distance relationship or being in a relationship? or going through a breakup, or just anything relationship-related, what is one tip, trick, takeaway that you want to give our listeners? So one of the tips or things that I've learned throughout being in a relationship is something that people often stress, but I feel like it's hard to understand unless you're in one, and that's that 
communication is very important in a relationship. And I think that's one thing that has made our long distance relationship successful is just like communicating those expectations in advance or having those check-ins to make sure that everything's going smoothly. Along that line, I would probably encourage people to think about the expectations you have in your relationship. I think a lot of people have unwritten expectations mm. that they, they maybe don't even know about and then their partner doesn't know about it until they get disappointed or not met. Um, and so I really think a lot of problems come from not being on the same page about your expectations. Mm. Uh, and I think a really big one for that is like communication. Um, and so I feel like it's always helpful to just check in with your partner about your, com- your current level of communication and if that is satisfactory for both of you. And if it's not, you know, what, what you like about it and what, and what you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a huge one. People always say communication, communication, but I think like, I think communication is a really strong reflection of expectations. Mm-hmm. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's a really common thing where you could have different expectations. Um, and I think that's part of why it's difficult for a lot of people. But yeah, I, I would encourage that. I think what I've learned in a relationship is that like the expectation society or people give in terms of like the romanticized version of a relationship is so skewed and mm-hmm. um, like there's no possible way you, the first or second or like whoever you're with is just going to automatically meet all the needs mm-hmm. that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like what Eric said. Like you really need a, I think a lot of conflict arises out of just lack of understanding people's expectations. Mm -hmm. And so along that thread, I think people should never far, or like couples should never shy away from arguments, which is kind Mm -hmm. of cliche because I think arguing is very healthy in terms of just really airing out your, of course, to a certain extent it's healthy, but I think just because you argue a lot does not mean that you're in an unhealthy relationship Mm -hmm. of course there are different like caveats to that but i think in the beginning of my relationship i would shy away from bringing up any form of conflict because i was afraid i would fight about it and that was a sign that our relationship was like not meant to be but Mm. there's just like literally no way for those things to be aired out if we didn't have those arguments Mm -hmm. if we didn't work out those problems Mm -hmm. and so I feel like I'm still working on this, but I'm not, I try not to let my previous perception of the romanticized version of society's Mm -hmm. view of relationship have an effect on how I personally think my relationship is going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that in a relationship, it's okay for you to figure out yourself first Mm -hmm. before jumping into a relationship Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with being single and to not be in a relationship. This coming from the mm. person who is single. But I honestly do think that it's okay to not be in a relationship and, you know, take time for yourself, figure out what you want. I agree. Before diving into one. But also it's okay. It's great to be in a relationship too, if that's what you mm-hmm. want. Not everyone wants a relationship, but some people do. And I think I think to figure out what you want and what you want out of a relationship is something that is okay for you to take time to figure out mm-hmm. mm. all right everyone first of all thank you eric for being a guest on our podcast the first guest so Thanks, far eric. Yay. Yay. thank you for having me 
Of course. And mm-hmm. for our listeners, thank you for listening. You can follow us at Adulthood Pending Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and LinkedIn. And we're at Adult Pending Pod on Twitter. You can also send us an email to hello.adulthoodpendingpodcast at gmail.com, which is also linked in our Instagram bio. Join us every other Monday for new episodes. We can't wait to share our stories and we're excited that you're with us on our adulthood journey.